0: Hi, I'm Hallie, and I want to welcome you to the Odd Life Podcast, that's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. In this space, you will hear inspirational stories, candid and heartfelt conversations, as well as advice from experts, all with the intention of helping women like you live Odd AF. Because I believe the more of us that live awake, well, and empowered, the better this world will be. So thank you for being here and welcome to Your Odd Life. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Thanks for being here. I am recording this for the third time. So uh, I may sound chipper, but I'm a little stir crazy at this point. Once wasn't right because I uh, left out a bunch of stuff. So recorded it again. And then the audio went to shit. It's crackly and weird. I don't know what happened. So now we're doing episode re-record three. And so now that means I have to cut back on how much I edit. So I hope to God this is good. What I want to talk about today are a couple things. Number one, how was your holiday season? What did you guys do? Anything fun? Did you go anywhere? Did you stay home? Did you host? Did you get take food someplace and not host? That sounds fantastic. I host every year. Dramatic pause. Um, I host Thanksgiving and Christmas usually. That's why I'm a big advocate of traveling over the holidays. It takes away that obligation sometimes. Regardless, we had a great time. I hosted Christmas Eve Day my brother-in-law and his his wife and their their kids. They came over during the day. And then that evening we had my sister and her family and my mom came over, hung out. And then Christmas afternoon, they came back over. We watched the Chiefs game. Uh, And then I've got to back up for a second. When you have Christmas now with adult children, and I know it's not about getting, it's about giving, but it's quite nice. Uh, We had some really great gifts. I got this Great sweatshirt. I love a sweatshirt. If you haven't noticed, that's why I tend to wear a lot on the podcast. This is a new brand that I've recently come across. It's called Glider. They have it at Shields. That's where my family shops 99% of the time. We joke that they had groceries that we'd be all set because they've got fishing lures, the sporting gear, the shoes. They even have some fashion. They kind of have everything. We're there a lot. So much so that the last time I went in with my husband, he started chatting with one of the salespeople as if they were BFFs. And they probably are. They literally, I think, said his name. So we may have a problem. They got the sweatshirt for me there. And I love the color because it can go with a lot of things. Tends to be what I gravitate towards, obviously. And then I got this really cool gift for my daughter, really thoughtful. I mean, I have a lot of great gifts. My husband surprised me with a new phone, which was fantastic cuz my phone was broken, it was cracked, and I hadn't taken the time to get one myself, so he did it for me, which was such a relief. My daughter got me this. It's an acrylic plaque. And if you're just listening to this rather than watching, it's it's a plaque that has my logo of the podcast on it, and she has uh, a title that says "Oh the places you will go." And that is actually one of those Dr. Seuss books that you see pop up around graduation time. People gift them a lot. I received that book years ago. One of my best friends gave me that book from college graduation. It was so meaningful. And then she puts on here, there's a a little graphic where it has the timeline of the podcast episode. And she has one, two, three, four as the, the stoppage time where that little dot is. And one, two, three, four is a number that I see all the time. I always look up at one, two, three, four on the clock. I've seen it since I was in college. Bizarre. Uh, and it's always been a big number of my life. And now my kids see it. I share it with them all the time. Like, oh yeah, one, two, three, four, there it is. And then my kids start paying attention. And now they see it. one, two, three, four all the time as well. So now it's a family thing. But thought that was really sweet for to give this to me. So she's one of my biggest supporters. That is for sure. She is always hyping me up sharing and liking my stuff. And I think because probably she understands what it's like to be online quite a bit and what that's like to put yourself out there. And so she, she gets it not to downplay my husband's role as a supporter. He is definitely out there sharing as well, probably to random people. And they're probably like, why do I need to hear about this podcast? But he's done a lot in that that realm too, which is super sweet. But but yeah, we had some really fun gifts. And then my daughter and I had a little mom and daughter time. Went to, there was this maze. It was like a really cool lit up village. Had some ice skating, all these different lights. You can go through and walk through it. It's like you're trying to find hidden things in the, the maze. It's just pretty. It was actually raining when we went. So it wasn't super cold. We ended up going on vacation right after Uh, New Year's Day, we went to Cabo San Lucas, and that was such a good time. We had gone since 2019. Uh, We had gone initially with the kids. We so we had gone to Cabo for many years prior to this as adults, and our kids went with us for the first time in 2018. It was spring break for my daughter. It was her senior year in high school. We went just us as a family, which was great, and then. When again in the Christmas time of 2019, we had an eighth grader, and then a junior, and then we had a, a a sophomore in college. So a little different dynamic the next time. And then this time, completely different dynamic because now I've got the youngest who was a senior in high school. And one is completely out of college and into a working job. Her job was pretty dead over the holidays, which was great. So she was able to get away. So super fun to go through kids as adults on vacation. It's like all of the stress tends to go away because you're no longer worrying about keeping them entertained. They're not fighting over stuff. Sure. The boys acted stupid and were fighting over dumb things, but, but not like when they were little, we first get there. And normally you arrange for transportation from the airport to your hotel. When you walk out all of the Taxi drivers and transportation people are all outside. some are there to try and sell you a ride, and some are there to find you with the name and all that kind of stuff and so we had our our trip arranged, but our friends we were coming with another family this time. finally, we had another family that we have been trying to get together with for years. She's actually my best friend from high school, actually grade school and on, and her husband goes fishing with my husband every year in Canada. so we've always tried to get together, but they live in Omaha. And school districts obviously don't leave for spring break at the same time. And they had kids in different sports. Like they were into football and basketball. We had baseball and soccer at our our house. So completely different seasons. So we never could quite get together. So finally, we're able to do that this year. And we were waiting for them to get off their plane and get their luggage. So we went outside. And two things. Prior to getting in our transportation, there's a bar outside. I was nervous about the trip a little bit because, again, here I'm the one that usually doesn't drink, and my friend, I just had found out that she had did 75 hard back in October, and at 75 hard you don't drink for 75 days, and her husband told my husband that she was continuing not to drink. She kept going, and she felt so good she stopped drinking. And I didn't know what she was going to do on the vacation because just some history between two of us. We drank a lot together in our youth. When we we would see each other at the holidays, we went on vacation a lot together, just couples. And that's all we did. And so now to be in a place like this with her again, I hadn't done it yet. And I'd been to her house and seen her and, you know, I'm not drinking, I'm good. And I think initially it was hard for them to figure out what to do with me in that situation. It can make people feel a little awkward. At first, but now here she was not drinking. And I didn't know if she was going to pick it up or what she was going to do. So we get outside and everyone's getting a beer. And I asked for an N.A. beer. Of course, the guy looked at me like I had three heads, did not have an N.A. beer. He said, I've got soda and water. I'm like, you know what, just give me another, whatever, Corona, whatever it was they were drinking. And I'll just do a cheers and then give it to one of the kids. And they come out and my husband, he asks if they want beers. We've got a tab still while we're waiting for our transportation to show up. And she says, "Now I'm, I'm not drinking. I'm not going to drink this vacation. And I was like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, this was a huge, huge. Because the last moment to come was 2019. And I had been sober for a year and a half almost. And I picked it back up again, like a half a beer when I first got there. And then maybe one or two here. And then we had one day at the beach where I had a few more. And then that's where I really realized, oh, wait. I could care less for her to tell me that she wasn't going to drink. This trip was so amazing. So we get settled. I have hand off my beer. We're talking, I'm catching with her a little bit and they, we have two separate rides because they arranged theirs. We arranged ours. We didn't know for sure if we'd land at the right times to coordinate one together. So they got their vehicle. We got ours and funny thing. We came around the corner and there's a limo for us. This huge, long limo. So we get in And they already left. Unfortunately, they already left. We could have all squeezed into this limo. Thank God probably we didn't. We get in this limo and we're like talking about how cool we have a limo. And within 10 minutes probably of being in this car, the vehicle starts to do this vibration thing. You know the ridges that you feel on the side of the road when you get too close to the white line. It has like these ridges and it vibrates the car. That's what it felt like. And it kept going and it kept going. And finally we're looking and like, he's not really riding on the side of the road. Why is it doing that? And eventually he slowed down and then pulled over. Like, you've got to be kidding me. And sure enough, he gets out. He thinks he's got a flat tire. He comes back to our side of the car on the very back. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I thought it was a flat tire the way it was feeling. It's not a flat tire. My husband hops out, like he knows what he's going to look for. Hops out, looks under. He's like, I don't know. I think that something's disconnected under here. It feels like there's something wobbling underneath. In the meantime, he's called somebody else. Within five minutes, they're. It's somebody that had dropped off another party at the hotel and they were coming back and they did a UE and then came and got us, which was fine. No big deal. But if you know me at all, if you've listened to anything I've talked about on social media, I've had an issue with my car for a while. This summer, my vehicle blew a tire. And then the next day after replacing two tires, so that way it was even in the front, uh, the alternator went out on the side of a highway by myself with my oldest and youngest child. And had to rent a car. It was a whole debacle. Car had to get towed to a town. I didn't see her for the rest of the week. had a rental. It was a whole shit show. In the meantime, there's more issues. We'll get into that here in a little bit. So the joke is me being in the car is always a scary thing. It's almost like my energy. I short circuit something. I don't know. All worked out. The resort we go to is one we went to years and years ago when we first went to Cabo San Lucas. My husband and I found it. We found it because we were looking for a place to go and had, again, zero clue where to go in in Cabo San Lucas. And this was a resort that just had opened like two months prior. And this was back in like 2003, 2004, someplace in there. And we loved it. It was very small compared to what it is now. And they have this big timeshare presentation, and we did it just to get money because they'll give you money to go and you can put that money towards your bill at the end of the week, which was okay, worth it. Whatever it's an hour of our time we get fed tacos and margaritas and we're good. So the next year we took our friends with us, the friends we went with this year and they fell in love with it as well. The joke was we actually had a really cool guy this time. The first time we went, the guy was icky. He thought he was amazing. He was pompous. I don't care if we were interested in buying 14 timeshares. It wasn't going to happen with this guy. So the next year we came back and there's this great guy. He was totally the opposite. Super humble, funny, easygoing, hung out with him for like two, three hours, something stupid. And we were on the veranda watching the ocean. And sure enough, whales were jumping out of the water. And the joke was he thought he had a, like a little handheld device in his pocket that launched whales out of the water because it was a, pretty much a sell after that and about four margaritas deep. So a lot of time share with them. We'd gone together as couples, but as families haven't been able to go together. So finally, we're now go with kids and the whole deal. And so this resort now is huge. It's got tons of buildings. The great thing about our resort is they have an all-inclusive option, which they never had years ago when we were just as adults. Now that we have a family, it's been great because with when we first came with the boys, they were middle schooler, high schooler, You did not want to worry about what they were ordering. So we ended up doing the all-inclusive and it was fantastic. That's a scary thing about all-inclusive sometimes is that usually the food sucks and this does not. If you want to do the alcohol route, you can pay for better quality. You get better alcohol. You don't just get the well crap. So certain food as well gets covered in the premium package. It's worth it. I know it sounds sometimes with all-inclusive, you're like, eh, we always used to like to go off of the resort and go check out local places, which is great too. But a lot of times the kids just want to hang out and be in the pool and eat And so staying on the resort's fine too. It's much more relaxing, honestly. They've got a food hall that has a ton of different kinds of foods like Italian, traditional Mexican sushi, Chinese, salads, sandwiches, all of that. Then they have a, a gelato and a crepe bar and they have a coffee station. And they have a sports bar. So lots of great stuff. And I'm telling you all this because some people had asked via a direct message as I was sharing these and wanted to know more about this resort. Where did I stay? It looked amazing. So I'm sharing this because of that. There are other restaurants on the resort. There's an outdoor restaurant that's Japanese. It's amazing food, fantastic sashimi and sushi. Uh, there is a Chinese restaurant. There is uh, an upscale Mexican restaurant. There's a bistro that's just our typical bar and grill food. And of course the pool bar food, things like that. Uh, the one thing to know about our resort is that it's on the Pacific ocean side of the, of the peninsula. So the way that the peninsula comes down, it comes down and it kind of hooks the very right bottom. And that's where we're at. So as you look out of our resort, we're looking directly South, which is why I could see the sunrise in the morning and I could see the sunset at night. So, so we're looking just that direction, um, around the corner from this, the peninsula then is where the actual town of Cabo San Lucas is. The hard thing is for a lot of people when they first come is like, what, we can't get in the water. The the beach there is just for walking. You cannot get in the water there because it is such a strong undertow. The current's really rough there. It's tons of waves. It just goes deep right away. And a lot of rocks and things like that right there. So uh, they don't let you get in the water, which makes it very beautiful. There's no vendors on the beach. It's private and it's gorgeous. And we see whales all the time during this time of the year. So January through April ish is when the whales have come down. They've had their babies and now they're making their way back up towards California and beyond. And so we see a lot of the mother baby combinations coming out of the water. I shared a lot of those videos and pictures on Instagram when I was down there. It's just one of those things. It's entertainment for sure. It's mind blowing to think about what's happening in the waters just off the beach. I mean, it's right there. There's a lot of them that were further out, of course. But when you think about how close that actually is, you have to know how deep that must be as well. But we had whales right off the beach. We saw uh, skates, which are, I think they're called skates. That's what we were told the last time we came down. They're like little stingrays. And they just come out of the water and they slap on the water. So I think they feed in these pods. I think they go after bait and you'll see them jumping out of the water and, and, uh, flapping on the water. It's kind of cool too, but it's just a gorgeous place to sit and watch the wildlife. We saw a seal, uh, eating some of those skates. I think it was, which we've never seen a seal off that beach before. So really cool. And just a gorgeous view. Everything's built on a, on a hillside and it's great for exercise. You're up and down walking on these hills, but they also have golf carts that pick you up, take you around. So it's not like if you, if you weren't able to walk, you could still easily get around the hotel. But it's amazing. And we have a, a fantastic time, but it was so great to not have to worry about it, being the only one not drinking at the vacation. I ended up creating another mocktail there. And I think I've done it at home enough times, but I didn't include the mint. This time I asked for grapefruit juice, soda water, a couple wedges of lime, and a ton of mint throw that in there. And that was my drink. And then my friend ended up drinking that as well. So we had that to always order. Uh, It's kind of funny. You go on vacation and you order a mocktail and they're like, no alcohol, no alcohol. And I'm hoping enough people keep doing this. They're going to go, Oh, you know what? Let's create a line of mocktails or let's add some more NA things like NA beers or whatever. The only NA beer they had was old Milwaukee. I don't really love the taste of beer. I did not try it, but my friend did. She put a couple of limes in it. She was like, you know, it's not that bad. So there you go. Who knew? The one thing I did drink a lot of was coffee. I had a lot of caffeine this trip. I, I packed my little thermos mug and it filled that bad boy up. Another thing to note though, as well, if it wasn't full of coffee, I did have water. The water on the resort, they filtered all so you can drink right out of the faucet. None of that scary stuff. They did have ice machines on the first floor of the buildings and I would fill it up with ice and I would use the faucet. No stomach issues whatsoever, non-existent. Just know that it's fantastic to not have to worry about that. I don't like drinking out of water bottles all the time, plastic water bottles. So if I could do that instead, I was all for it. So if you can pack some sort of water container in your suitcase or have one from the, you know, your trip on the plane, use that every day. It's great. So I, if I wasn't drinking water. I was drinking a lot of coffee. So I have some caffeine detox to do, that's for sure. But one of the things I've loved about not drinking, especially on vacation, is I am so much more present. I'm paying attention to things. I'm having great conversations. I am tuned into my, how I'm feeling. Days are longer. I highly recommend giving it a whirl. I know you may feel completely like, what's the point of going on vacation? But let me tell you, when I don't drink on vacation, I'm well-rested. I slept well. I was well-hydrated, minus the caffeine, but I was hydrated for the most part. I didn't kill my body with really shitty food. I ate pretty decent. I will say, when you have an all-inclusive, you're willing to try a lot more things. Uh, We did splurge a lot on the Japanese, the sushi. At the food hall, but the food hall plates weren't huge. So you could try a bunch of different things and still not feel like you're eating a ton. We did try the desserts a little more than we normally would, but when I would drink on vacations, I would make really bad food choices a lot of times. And when I took that piece away, I made better choices. Uh, so that was a bonus as well. And another thing about not drinking on vacation, there is the phrase people always say is oh, I have to take a vacation for my vacation. Because they come back exhausted, because it's been like nonstop drinking and up late and whatever. we to say that? I don't miss that at all. I have come home so well rested, even though I did get up every morning and watch the sunrise. I was still going to bed like we were exhausted by nine o'clock, and I had time to read my book. I journaled a touch, not much. But I just felt like I was so much more present. Great conversations, like I said, my friend and I caught up on family stuff and what's going on with her and kids, and it's just different—a whole different vacation—and it was such a joy, so much fun. And then coming back, you know, life comes at you, right? So we come back, and weather has hit. They canceled school because there was a bunch of weather. We had a ton of snow. That by the time we landed, they had come through with plows and cleaned a lot of it off, but it was still pretty slick, and there so were some high winds. And sure enough, it's about 11 o'clock at night when we get in the car finally to head home and we have a car next to us driving and up ahead, my daughter stopped before I did. She said, dad, you see that car? The car had spun down to 360 in the middle lane and then was now sitting perpendicular to the highway. And the car next to us is still going like no big deal. We slow way down and the car next to us clearly doesn't see it. He gets up on that car. Last second swerves out around the guy thought for sure he's going to spin and we're going to be like, okay, dealing with that guy in our lane. He caught himself, fish tailed it and kept going. Thank God. We're like, okay, we're all going to slow down a bit. So that was our re-entry it was like, Oh my gosh, we going to watch this debacle happen. Then speaking of that car, uh, my car because of the issues that we've had, there was a squeaking that was going on before the holidays had taken that in to go get it checked. And the squeaking actually was coming from the engine itself, not a belt that we thought it was. And the engine has a huge crack in it. And it's hard to see that because the way that the car is, there's a huge piece that lays on top of the engine. So you can't get at it. You have to have special tools to open that up and take a look. And I think it was hidden down below and you can't see it. And sure enough, this crack requires you to replace the entire engine. And we said, no, thank you, because this car's trying to kill me in the first place. And so that continued. I came back and we're going to be selling, we're selling the car back to the dealership. We bought it from, he's being great about it. We've only had it for nine months, maybe. And he's like, I'm buying it back from you. Clearly there was issues. I'm so sorry. And in the meantime, we're looking for a different car for you. So I'm still driving it. And the, the one downside about our resort was that our beds aren't that comfortable. So my back was starting to give me issues when I came home. So going to the chiropractor, have my nice visit. I'm leaving the parking lot of the chiropractor's office and I'm pulling out. So we pull out of the parking lot and then you come up to another little side road and you stop there. And there's a little busier traffic in front of me. There's a busy Costco right there. So it's kind of crazy. I pull up and I'm slowing down and all of a sudden my car revs and takes off. And I'm like, holy shit. And I've got cars coming from my left, a car coming from my right. And I have to gun it to beat them. If I tried to break, I'd just get stuck in the middle. And so I gunned it and I'm like waving at people like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm getting honked at. And uh, I'm like, what the hell was that? And I'm going to another appointment. I have to go get my blood drawn for my hormones. And I get there. It was like five minutes away. And I sit there and I'm thinking to myself, did that really just happen? Did my foot slip off the brake and accidentally hit the gas? Like, what was that? Was there a patch of ice? I had these big clunky boots on because it was shitty weather out. And I thought, well, maybe I just didn't feel the right pedal. It had to be my fault. So I go home and my husband's like, you know what? I'll drive your car just in case that is a thing. I'll drive it, you drive my car, and I'll figure out what's going on with this thing. And sure enough for him, the transmission wouldn't get into gear. It took him 20 minutes one day to get to the gym because it was sitting in the driveway, would not shift into reverse. So it wasn't just me. And he noticed it the other day. He said, I felt the revving. It didn't take off on me, but it was revving. He's like, it's not safe. So we parked that thing, got the dealer to take it. And I'm, I'm using a dealer car right now just to get me through. But holy shit, if I had been a second or two later of when that happened, I would have crashed into two cars. That would have been my welcome back from vacation experience. Thank God timing was on my side and I didn't and I'm home safe and I'm good. And that car is no longer part of my life. She has now gone out of my garage forever. So that was re-entry. We're doing great. We're healthy. We've got a roof over our heads. Kids are all safe, but there's some things I want to work on though for 2024, uh, things I want to stop doing, things I want to start doing. And I'm going to share these, I want you to think about maybe some things that you're trying to accomplish this year. And I really don't want it to be about goals, just behaviors that I don't want to do anymore. And then there's ways I do want to show up better for myself. And I've mentioned this earlier. One of the things is uh, cutting back on the caffeine. It's not helping my hormones at all, nor is it helping my, my cortisol levels, which then affects insulin, stress, all these negative things. So I'm, I'm going to cut him out the caffeine. I'm bridging the gap right now with some matcha. I'm going to stay with matcha and then work my way to maybe some decaf coffee or just start doing some caffeine-free teas. Try to experiment with some of those, especially this winter time. I need something warm. So if you have any favorite tea brands, let me know, especially Loose Leaf. It's a whole other area I'm clueless about. So I'm working on that. The second big thing that I want to stop doing this year is body shaming. I mentioned this in a podcast before, but I have had this subconscious level issue with my body since I was probably middle school. Things started changing. I got braces, contacts, period, the whole thing, like middle of middle school, probably about 12 or 13 years old. And nothing says, ew, more than all of that at one time. And then, you know, you start changing my best friend, God love her, but she could eat anything and nothing changes. She basically has the same body she's had since high school. I'm not shitting you. And we would go out to Taco Johns on Friday night and we'd eat and hang out and do all the things and I'd have sleepovers at her house and get popcorn and pizza and whatever. She could eat whatever the hell she wants, didn't change a thing. In the meantime, my cheeks kept getting fuller and fuller and my thighs got bigger and bigger and I started to judge myself and hate the way I looked. And I mentioned this in a podcast before, so I'm not gonna get into all of that. But I think what's happening with me is I have this constant conversation happening in my head almost without even me like recognizing it is everything is measured against how I look in this outfit. How does this make me feel? Like, do I feel fat in this? Do I not feel fat in this? Should I eat this? Should I not eat this? but not because of fuel, but because of how maybe this will show up later. And I've tried for a very long time to focus on fuel for my body. And I think throughout my whole life, I've had this subconscious attachment to the way I look. And it sucks. Uh, I measure myself constantly as far as against other people I wish I looked like that, that kind of shit. And I know I'm doing fine. I know I'm fine. I could be a hell of a lot worse. I'm doing fine. However, there's so much mental energy that I spend on those types of toxic thoughts that I know it's not good for me. And two, it holds me back. I don't feel freedom in my life because of those things. And it's been going on for so long. I don't think I recognized how much energy I was using towards that stuff until I sat back and really brought that conversation to the forefront. A couple of things I think are happening is I have some hidden trauma from years and years ago of something that's triggered that in my brain and that limiting belief that I'm fat or I'm not healthy looking or whatever the hell that is. I can't lose weight. And then two is that I was brought up in a home where appearance was everything. Could be a complete shit show inside, but as long as it looks good on the outside, we're good. And my appearance as a child and as a young adult were very important. So it's always been modeled to me. And I want to let go of that. So there's two things that I'm doing. I actually found this book months ago and realized what it's all about recently. It's called The Origins of You by, I don't know how to say her last name, but Vienna Feroen. Feroen? I don't know. I'll find out and I'll let you know in in the show notes. But she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And the subtitle is How Breaking Family Patterns Can Liberate the Way We Live and Love. So we get back to the origins of like you and what the beliefs were and things like that, and hopefully help you uncover some things that are hidden down deep that you can let go of. So there's that. So I picked this back up as one of my first books to read this year. And in the meantime, I have a a podcast listener. That's actually the wife of my husband, one of his college buddies found out she's a fan of the podcast. And she recently has gone through rapid transformation therapy training. And she had it done to her and she loved it and helped her with a very specific health issue that she's had. And she, so she got certified in it and now she wants to help other people. And so I told her, I'll be a guinea pig, no problem. And so we went through some stuff recently and we're going to talk about this more in the podcast down the road as I go through this and get on the other side of it. But I told her, I really want to let go of the subconscious bullshit in my head about my weight, my body shaming, how I talk to myself in a negative way. I want to let go of that because I want to feel freedom. I want to wake up and not worry about what the fuck I look like in my jeans. I don't want to care about, oh, does this make my butt look big? Or do my thighs look jiggly in these yoga pants? I don't want to care about that shit because I'm not my body. Like that is not who I am. I'm so much more than what's happening on the outside of my body, right? We all are. So I told her some things I wanted to get rid of so I can feel free in my day and just to be able to enjoy life in a, a much fuller way than I'm letting myself do right now. And like I said, it's been such a narrative in my life for so long. And I think that's for a lot of women. I know I'm not alone in this, but I want to get to the heart of like where this comes from and why I keep going down this path with myself. And then what I want to stop doing also is this dopamine addiction to social media. You guys as much as I would love to say that I have a handle on it, I don't. I don't. I have found myself scrolling all the time for no particular reason. And it's been a source of procrastination for me with podcast stuff. Uh, I could be reading instead of watching this dumb shit, so much more. And I think the more I was on it, the more I started getting these feelings of like, oh, the world's going to shit our politicians, the the climate of the world, there's too much. It's too much. And then I have to wonder, is this also a source of stress for me as well? Because here I am trying to do all I can to not be stressed out in life, taking away alcohol, trying to take away caffeine, hopefully. And that here I am just scrolling away, whatever comes up. And it has absolutely become an addiction because I will go through TikTok, I'll go through Instagram, I'll go through Facebook. I know I don't love Facebook, but I mean, hey, you know what? If I'm getting to the end, let's go to Facebook. Let's see what's going on there. Uh, and it's just it's nonstop. And that's the whole point of some of these social media things is they want you to keep scrolling. They want you to keep you on there. And I want to take back my life. And I want to read fifty-two books this year. And I cannot do that if I'm taking my free time and using it to be on this dumb contraption rather than read a book. So I think it's a couple of things. Either I put time limits on my phone or I take the apps completely off my phone and just do the desktop apps. However, when you're trying to grow a social media presence for your podcast, it's kind of hard to always do that from your computer. I just don't love the way it doesn't interact the same way and it's a little slower sometimes. And so I just, it's easier to have it at my fingertips. So I'm trying to figure out how to police myself in that way. I still want to pay attention to people that I love following people that I consider close friends now. And yet, and yet that's not a friendship following their stuff on Instagram and just liking it. Sure. Uh, that's not a friendship if I'm making comments on their posts, if I'm resharing them, if I'm leaving a message for them, if I'm texting them about something they said in their Instagram post, that's more of a a friendship. We're having more of a conversation. So I want to get better about, Hey, you know what? We have such great conversations on Instagram. Here's my cell phone number. You want to talk outside Instagram? Here it is. And then we can have conversations outside of that app, and then I stay off of it. We can just actually have a conversation outside of that, and we can we do what friendships normally were like before we had social media. So that's some of my stuff that I'm trying to work on and to quit doing and to start doing in 2024. Maybe get back to some writing. I've thought of maybe writing again, like some fiction. I don't know. Just I need to get my creativity <laughs> geared back up again. I feel like with the podcast, it's a lot. And then to be creative in another way, another method, another modality. It's a lot. But if I take out social media, and if I get focused, and I'm up, and I'm moving and grooving on my day, and I'm not procrastinating, I have time. I have time. There's this last thing I'm gonna throw out there is I'm also helping edit another podcast. So I take her recording, I cut out a lot of the filler words, I cut back on some repeated content, things like that. I think it's actually a great position for a person that is a writer, because you've learned how to make things succinct. You cut out a lot of fluff to make it a good final product. And that's what you do with the podcast. So I really feel like the writing has helped me become a better podcaster. And what I started to think about with this is, okay, she's in the health and wellness space. There's another friend of mine that wants to start a podcast. She is in a holistic health. She just adopted a baby recently but I know podcast is on her radar for the future. So helping her produce that would be fantastic. We've talked about it already. There's a couple people that have dabbled in podcasting. It's a pretty rough product where I think the right editing, some better music, better intro, outro, those kinds of things would be fantastic. So I am dabbling with the idea of creating a podcast media company. I know I just said that out loud but I feel like all of these things, they're all tied together. They're all dealing with health and wellness and personal development, and they're all under the same umbrella. Like they would all make it through the odd life filter. And I think it'd be a really cool thing to take this to the next level. So we'll see how this goes. I have a lot to learn. I'd have to get people to help me. That's a whole investment in itself. So we're going to see how this develops and what conversations come out of this year, but that came to me in a flash this last year. And it's kind of sat with me. And I love the idea of being part of something that's that's bringing people to more of these conversations. Whether it's the alcohol-free conversation, maybe it's about holistic health. It could be about real food. It could be about personal development stuff that we talk about here. It could be about spirituality. There's a lot of different things we can still Hold under this umbrella of awake, well, and empowered. And it just feels like it's going down the right path for me. So that is on the agenda for 2024. I would love to know what you're thinking of 2024. What's your, I'm going to stop doing these things and I want to start doing these things. What are things you want to get rid of for this year and start doing instead that you know are better for you? Leave me a comment on the Instagram post or maybe you're on Facebook more. You can share it there message me if you want to, if you're not big into leaving comments, fine. Uh, but I'd love to continue this conversation. Or if you're on YouTube watching this video, you can leave it in the comments in the YouTube video, but let me know what you're up to, what you're going to be Nixon and what you're going to be adding in. And then that way we all can support each other. If we know what you're trying to accomplish in this year. All right, that's it for the week. You guys will see you in the next episode. I hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at hallysawyer.com or on Instagram. I am usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right, have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.